welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. Hello and welcome into the Six Again podcast. This is our round seven preview for the 2021 NRL season. Pretty quick Beers and banner to get us started today. Um, life's been kicking Jared around a fair bit the last few days. So he's pretty, um, I'm not going to say he's under the weather, but yeah, it's been rough for the poor fella. So we're going to go easy on him tonight. Um, <laughs> I'm halfway, yes. three quarters way through my first week back and just got to go down and watch our open boys rugby union team. Pretty physical game actually against North Lakes and came away with a win for their first game of the season. So that was good. Jared? Yeah, I just came, I just came back from um, my little brother's final assessment to become a chef. So they put on a silver, st- silver spoon five-star service for everybody. Um, I'm happy to say that now Danny is a qualified chef. So congratulations, mate. You've worked hard for that. So call out to him. He's, um, he can cook better than me. That time yeah, you did yeah. something better than me, mate. <laughs> And looking at Jared, he doesn't look as though he's in any pain or sickness. So well done, Danny. What a shame you didn't take the chance while you had it there. Congratulations <laughs> on graduating. Uh, we'll pretty much jump straight into it. After this quick break, we'll come back with Off the Ruck, everything going on off the field. Okay, a fair few stories here for Off the Ruck. We're going to start with a quick one. So this popped up this afternoon that there's another tape involving an NRL player that may be circulating. However, this one was definitely filmed without consent. It was a Parramatta player and Parramatta are aware of the incident as are the NRL integrity unit. Um, According to the EEL statement, we understand that those on the video have been illegally filmed by another person without consent and that an attempt has been made to distribute the video to media outlets and on social media platforms. So, it shows the player filmed in a toilet cubicle with an unidentified woman. Um, nothing further than that. So this it looks to be a at this stage a cash grab by someone in the public. But Parramatta and the NRL Integrity Unit are aware and on top of the situational issue. Just another wrinkle in how hard it would be to be a professional sports person in today's world. Um, State of origin news. So it's been locked in that Perth and Optus Stadium will host the second game of the 2022 State of Origin series. Continues a theme by the NRL to have a neutral venue for the second game following Melbourne and then with Adelaide in 2023. And I'm reading into this looking as though it's pretty much going to be the end for either New South Wales or Queensland hosting two games in the same series, or at least for the short term. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of that. I, I, I like having, I like rotating it. I like having the, you know, you, you win a series, you win two at home and then you got to back it up having to face the next year um, two at the opposition. Like two at Suncorp for New South Wales and um, Allianz for New South Wales. Uh, Suncorp for Queensland, Allianz for New South Wales. I like that concept, but 
NRL trying to grow the game. So that's where we're at. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. It's growing up, it was what's what made it special. Because if you're a Queensland fan, like you said, oh, we've won our game in Queensland, awesome. But we want to win the series, we've got to win in New South Wales, or it's going to be all on the line when we come back or the other way around. The rest of the series could be determined by whether we get belted in New South Wales or whether we win it, because we know we have to play there twice. Oh, I I always thought winning those series was more special because having it in the neutral venue, I, I agree with you. I see why they're doing it. They need to grow the game and spread the game. It's the best product we have. And the more people that are exposed to it, the more rugby league fans in general that it should create. And we saw that Perth, it broke the Perth ground record when Origin went there. I would still like the NRL to look at other events you could put there, whether it's a test match weekend or they tried the sevens and they're not the sevens and nines and it kind of didn't work. So I don't know what you're going to do there, but maybe every third year you take it to a neutral venue or something like that. I don't know, rather than every year, but yeah, I'm not a fan. That's I really aren't at the moment. Um, all right. So Moving on, Trent Merrin has called time on his career and he basically made the call after the game on the weekend against the Warriors. It was his 250th top grade game uh, spanning St. George and Henrith, made in his debut in 2009 for St. George, winning the grand final of the year after that. 13 origins for New South Wales, seven tests for Australia, 27 matches for Leeds and 72 for Penrith. And he basically said, he came up to Anthony Griffin saying, I want you to give my position and my contract or my pay, my salary to one of the young players. Um, he was pretty honest. He said, I can't keep up with the game anymore. So the back-to-backs with the speed of the game, and he was never the, the, the smallest bloke in the world. He had pretty severe shoulder surgery in the off-season. He came back and played first grade this year, but what I love to see out of it is it's in the best, um, it's taking the club's best interest at heart. He's yeah. saying with me not being there, a young guy can get his spot and bring the energy and enthusiasm that I used to have at that age. And I just can't keep up with the speed of the game. So he's, and the thing is, he's not just giving up his con, his spot. He's literally said, use my salary as well. I don't, need it i don't want to yeah and the griffin could griffin said it, it's amazing because he could have literally sat on the bench or in reserve grade for the next 20 weeks and gotten paid for it um and he's given that up which can be used into the salary cap for st george because it's already coming from a contracted player and st george aren't sure whether they'll fill that spot they don't have to because um, it's been after the deadline so they may save that money and forward end a contract for signing a new player next year or, or however they yeah do and I, I think it might have made it a bit easier for Trent Merrin to do it with the signing of Josh McGuire as well um yeah he's it's kind of like like for like isn't it a little bit yeah in the back row he could play up front and yeah so good on Trent Merrin walked away to the game with some dignity and yeah moving on really um, he's going to have a good life. I'm sure he'll have something set up for himself eventually, set up yeah. after footy. So, yeah, good on him. And, 
He won the grand final in 2010, but he says he still holds his highlight as debuting for St. George in 2009 because he said never – the dream didn't come easy for him as a kid and it was fulfilling a childhood dream just to play for the club, let alone win a grand final. So at the peak of his careers, he was quite a damaging player. I never liked seeing him get picked for New South Wales because I was always worried about his offloading abilities and the – enjoyment he seemed to take in not wanting to get put on the ground by those tackling him. Um, this is kind of an odd story. It's popped up, but it, it's intrigued me quite a lot. So with the Sydney Roosters having such a injury concern with the hookers at the club, which sounds funny every time, Sam Verrills is back this week, but there have been talks with Roosters bringing in TJ Perinara um, as a depth option at hooker. Now, for those who aren't rugby union fans, TJ Perinara has been in the top, has been the echelon of scrum halves in rugby union for the past five, six, seven, eight years. He's played 69 tests for the All Blacks, so he's no slouch. And his contract runs out with New Zealand rugby at the end of this year. He's, all, he's playing in Japan, Japan at the moment, Japanese rugby, and that stint finishes in May, May 23, I believe. So the Roosters are looking at bringing, in, bringing him in for the rest of the 2021 season on a contract worth about $130,000. And according to players like Brendan Smith, Sonny Bill Williams, who both know him, he's had an interest in the 13-man game for quite a while. He's... Asked Brendan Smith for tape of Apsai Coruscant to learn deception around the ruck. Um, he's been talking with the Roosters players around speed and rules and all this sort of stuff. So he's doing a fair bit of research um, before any of this becomes a reality. And with that last name, he's first cousins with Henry Perinara, the NRL referee. And it was at Mar Martin Perinara as well who was an NRL player, albeit for a short, shortened period. So this is a really interesting story because it's not, there's not a lot of union players go to league. It's usually the other way around. What are you thinking on this one, Jared? I don't know him well enough, but what interests me is the fact that he has played 69 tests for the All Blacks. Yeah. So what that tells me is he's a professional. Yeah, but on the other hand, you just gotta, you really just gotta wait and see. Um, transitioning twenty nine. Yeah, so transitioning is over is always hard. You know, it, it, he's it's not like he's going to a dodgy organization too. He's going to the best organization, uh, well, one of the best anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but they've got to teach him, you know, the basic fundamental differences between the two games because the only only thing is I haven't seen that many people excel swapping over from Union to League. Um, I can name a couple. From Union to League? In Angus hooker? Crichton. Oh, at hooker? No, I don't think anyone would do because the hooker position in both sports is completely different. It yeah, exactly. So that's, oh, that's sorry. my point. If you're comparing a scrum half to dummy half... Um, much more similar. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, so that, that's the only thing. But, you know, someone's got to do it eventually. He's going to have a crack and he's going to be around the best, one of the best setups in the NRL. He's going to have Jake Friend teaching him. 
you know, he's going to have Cooper Cronk around as well to teach him what a halfback needs. Um, I'm going to have to sit down and watch some of these highlights to see how good oh, it was. You'll have yeah. fun. Here we yeah, go. No. mentioned the number 14 role. What he's going to find the biggest, like the biggest challenge for him is going to be defense because the scrum halves in rugby union don't do a lot of tackling compared to what he's going to have to do here in the NRL. Um, because in rugby union, the scrum half follows the ruck all over the field when the team's got the ball um, as they do in rugby league. However, in defense, more often than not, they're quite sheltered and it's the forwards that'll make the tackles. Whereas here he'll be in the middle unless, and I wouldn't be surprised if Trent Robinson put him out a bit wider and, um, Victor Radley can help pick up the slack. One thing I will say, if he plays one game, he'll come in and automatically be the best passing dummy half in the game. Wow, that's a big call. Have you seen Rugby Union scrum half pass? Remember, the ball's completely different. It is. Um, but, but, yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing going in for him, as I said earlier, He's clearly a professional athlete if you're able to play 69 tests for the All Blacks. They are the most professional team in the entire world. And if he's played that many and he's only 29. Yes, he's very good. That is insane. He's very good. It would be, I know there's not, he's not the big name player for those who don't want rugby union, but he's as big a profile um, as it comes. He's in that sort of echelon. So I'm really intrigued. I really hope it happens. I'd be very excited to watch him in the NRL and see what he can do with his skill set because it is an elite skill set. Now, these two next stories kind of merge together with the news of the Aaron, Aaron of the Chad Townsend signing with North Queensland on a three-year deal from 2022 onwards. Now, why these stories kind of link into each other is we've still got Adam Reynolds' uh, future unclear. But if you actually look at the list of halves that are off contract at the end of this season and free agents going into 2022, Anthony Milford, Tom Dearden, Sean Johnson, Matt Moylan, Scott Drinkwater, Ash Taylor, Corey Norman, Benji Marshall, and Sam Walker. Now, if you're on that list, based on current form and compared to their last deals, all of those players will be taking a pay cut except for Sam Walker and Benji Marshall as he's in his uh, one-year contract. But you'd expect all of the others to be taking a down downsize in their pay. I'm not sure what Tom Dearden's on, actually. But all those other big-name players, it's going to be really interesting to see how clubs are going to fit them into their caps, knowing that the clubs will have the bargaining chips here saying, what is it in your form that warrants you getting paid the same? Because the money being forked out for players like Milford, Johnson, Moylan, Taylor, all on a million or, or close to. Adam Reynolds has said he wants to stay in Sydney and that was the stalling point for him and the Cowboys because he's got a young family that he doesn't want to uproot and move. So if he goes to the Sharks, where then does Johnson and Moylan go? Can they hold on to both of them? Are they going to take a cut to be able to stay there? Oh, mate, if, if, if we really want to get into this, there is, we could spend four hours on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, honestly, it's just it, it's the articles are just starting to pop up going, these are the amount of halves off contract. Hmm. Where's it most likely they're going to go? Tom Dearden's been, it sounds like he's been offered a three year deal by the Cowboys or is very close to being offered a three-year deal by the Cowboys. Broncos obviously want to hold on to him. 
but they've also got to find money to re-sign Katoni Staggs and Xavier Coates, which aren't going to come cheap. Well, and- news on that tonight, Gold Coast have pulled their offer on Katoni Staggs. Ooh, when did that happen? About 15 minutes ago. Okay, so after I'd prepped, of course it did. Great right. timing, Titans. Thank you so much. Um, Drinkwater has expressed that he wants to stay at the Cowboys. Todd Payton wants him to stay. It's just working out the figures. So to own a Chad Townsend's the first in a big domino of halves that are going to need to find somewhere to go. It's going to be yeah, interesting to follow that. Yeah, and it's just all... See, the last for me before yeah, Tan Townsend... Yeah. From what I can remember, the last big half to move, like, you know, in the top three or four halves to move, was probably Mitchell Pierce to Newcastle. That I remember. Do you Sean think Johnson? that's the big... Oh, yeah. Sean, sorry, Sean Johnson. See, the thing about these things that people don't get, they can talk about it for so long, they can read all the articles, but... He's genuinely like Chad Townsend. That got reported three days ago. Now it's signed. No one expected Chad Townsend to be at Cowboys next year, a week yeah. ago. The Cowboys and Chad Townsend were talking, obviously. So yeah. what's going to happen now in the next, what, six months with all these dominoes falling? Oh, it's going to be gonna quicker. Be... Than, it'll be sooner than that because Mitch Moses, oh. I didn't even mention, is on that list as well. And he's only got three weeks to pick up his player option for next season. Oh, well, there you go. So... What's going to happen is we're going to be sitting here on a podcast and then five minutes after it ends, we're going to check Facebook just before we go to sleep. Yes. And we're going to have Mitchell Moses moving to Warrington or some shit. <laughs> so, well, it's just going to be completely out of the blue that no one's going to preempt because these media guys say if, you know, let's have a, let's have a think about this. Um, Steve Kearney is the current assistant coach for Melbourne. He coached, Mitch Moses, what, two years ago at Parramatta or whatever the hell it was. He's going to text Steve Kearney while Steve Kearney's out on lunch. Some wanker behind Steve Kearney's going to say, oh, Mitch Moses texts Steve Kearney. Yeah. Then you'll hear the next day, Paul Kent or Buzz Roffier going, I've got good mail that Mitch <laughs> Moses will be at Melbourne next year and Jerome Hughes is going to play for fucking Redcliffe. So... <laughs> This is how this shit happens. So until there's an official signing, we're going to give you all the rumors you want that we hear, but until there's official signing, don't guarantee you anyone's half anywhere. And you say and all Townsend those guys... has signed with the Cowboys. Yeah, we'll we'll but, cover that one. Um, you know, another part of it is that, you know, you got Cherry Evans on a two-year deal. You got Mitch Pierce on, he just signed for another year. These guys are also up in the air because so many halves are moving that contracts mean shit all anyway. So someone no, these, these are all pay- players that are off contract. Exactly. But the guys who are on contract don't forget about them either. Just because a team can, who, who who lose so Cowboys say they no, so Cronulla say they lose Johnson as well and don't sign anyone else. They might ring up, say, Newcastle, Manly, um, Bruce is a place where a half is secure and go, we'll pay out half his contract if you get rid of him now. And then... Oh, that'd be like, cool. 
Yeah, I'm, but I'm, that, I'm here. I'm here for the chaos that's about to. Yeah, it, it is. It is about to be an absolute eruption in the halves, um, and look, you can't predict what is going to happen. But back to what happened with Mitchell Pearce and Sean Johnson. It's exactly what I said earlier. No one knew Mitchell Pearce was going to Newcastle until about two days before he signed. Mm-hmm. And then he signed with fucking Newcastle. Everyone's like, what? Where, where, where did this come from? And then Cooper Cronk, a day later, rolled over to Roosters. They're like, oh, so that's why they there did that. So this, yeah, just until it's definite, don't listen to too many rumours. Yeah. Par- Parramatta fans, are, I'm never going to say the word confident, but it, it sounds as though both parties want Mitchell Moses at Parramatta. The other thing is he's... Price tags looking around eight hundred thousand plus, and they're also trying to lock in Nathan Brown and Ryan Madison as well onto multi-year deals. And it's kind of like they're three of the core of players that have been with Brad Arthur at Parramatta for this amount of time. And while it's been success, it's been very much measured success because they haven't done it in the postseason yet. But imagine. Uh, Chad Townsend said he's he was quite emotional telling his teammates about it. Um, he's a Cronulla junior. He said he grew up on that hill waving a Cronulla flag and the fact that he got to be part of the most successful era in Cronulla, winning their first grand final, is something that he could never have dreamed of being that good. And he, he in his mind, he wanted to, he was going to be at Cronulla for the rest of his career. He did have one year, he's got two years left on his contract. One year, though, is a player option. And the second year is the club option. And he said when the Cowboys came to him with this offer, it was three years of certainty. And for him and his wife, he said they spent a fair bit of time talking about it with the young family. And three years of certainty uh, just outweighed the what could turn into uncertainty. So... He said it was under the hardest decisions, but he's really looking forward to playing under Todd Payton and the fact that Todd Payton's such a direct talker. That's all he needs at this stage of his career. He's a very upfront, honest coach. And I think the Cowboys, they're not getting a, a, an elite player, maybe, may, or maybe still a star player, but they're getting someone that they need a controlling half to direct the team around the park, take the speed out of the game when required, turn the speed up when required, and just have that cool, calm head uh, that Cowboys have pretty much been missing uh, since Jonathan Thurston has left. Well, they had Morgan when he was in four. And now Michael Morgan has left as well. Yeah. Look, I... I, I, There's no one in in their halves system that is at this level. Um. So what what's their makeup next year? Because obviously there there's millions of rumors that they're going after Dearden pretty hard. So if they don't sign Dearden, drink quarter at six, Holmes in at one, Hampton at fourteen. Because Hampton's been yeah. playing really well. Yeah, Hampton um, at fourteen, unless he's moved on. Yeah, or do they? And then if they sign Dearden, like what? Yeah, or drink they water. Only, I'd say drink water would go if they get Dearden because there's no point. Then you're holding. Oh, then you're mate, holding that's that's, that's a hell of drink a young water. talent to let go. Yeah, I know. But a, you can sign oh. another one, and eventually there's too many. I know, but I I would honestly, with potential in mind, get rid of Hampton before I got rid of drink water. 
to be honest. It could be, it could be that way as well. So I know. I just, I just, I'm just like, I know it's overthinking. I just went against exactly what I'm saying, listening to rumors and shit. But mm. yeah, one, I can't help it. But two, I hope, I, I hope they know what they're doing because. Is Dearden going to be as good as everyone thinks, or is they relying on his burgeoning talent to be taught by Chad Townsend? And has Chad Townsend had the ability to be the main, like the senior half in the in the in the team? I, I just don't know. I just don't know. Well, he has been this. Oh, yeah, he has been for the last few. Well, years. see, they they haven't done great. Like they've done all right, but they haven't done fantastic since Maloney left. No. So, and that's because... Uh, and don't get me wrong. I love Townsend. I rate him really high as a halfback. But has he got that ability without a senior guy next to him to lead the team around? We're to... find out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll leave it alone. And Craig Fitzgibbon and Townsend did meet through the week and Fitzgibbon told him straight up that he was in his plans next year, but he can understand um, Chad Townsend's decision. Um, all right, other signings. So Danny Levi has been signed by the Broncos. Uh, Danny Levi had been playing for North Devils in the Intrust Super Cup after Manly let him go last at the end of last season. So he signed with the Broncos for the remainder of the 2021 season. And we've already talked about the Jackson Hastings uh, signing with West Tigers for two years, starting from 2022. So Danny Levi is still only 25 years old, played 20 games for Manly in 2020 and played for a number of years at Newcastle before then. And look, the boys used to lose it. It's a pretty decent depth signing by the Broncos. Uh, Just to add some stability around the dummy half role uh, behind Jake Turpin. It, It makes sense. It'll be a low cost deal. He's already part of their system playing for one of their feeder clubs. Add that to the paperwork around Carmichael Hunt trying to get it all signed up, which we did talk about and broke literally the next day last week. But anyway, um, interesting times at the Broncos. Well, look, I know you listen, Kevin Walters. Get Albert Kelly on the fucking field. <laughs> that too. That might help. Sorry, I'm tired. I'm over it. I'm tired. Yeah, get tired. him on the field. And before we go into judiciary and casualty, uh, this weekend... Even though the NRL season is still very early on, it is the preliminary finals for the Harold Matthews Cup in New South Wales. This is the under 16s, Harold Matthews. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Harold Matthews. So the top four teams at the end of the regular season are the last remaining top four teams in the elimination finals. Um, They only played eight games through their season because it was modified due to travel and all that sort of stuff and the impact COVID had. So there are 15 teams in the comp. Uh, Seagulls were the minor premiers, eight games, no, or eight games, eight wins, followed by Eels, Panthers, and Magpies. So Parramatta and Manly had the first week off. Magpies and Panthers versus the two Roosters teams because there's a Sydney Roosters and a Central Coast Roosters. Roosters lost both of those. So you've got on Saturday at 11 a.m. out at Laybutt Field in Sydney. You've got Eels versus Panthers. So a Western Sydney battle out there in one prelim final. And then at 12.45 at Leichhardt, you've got Manly Seagulls versus Western Suburbs Magpies. Um, So you'd imagine the West Magpies have a lot of motivation 
uh, with what's going on the last week with Tommy Rodonicus and Sea Eagles finishing the season undefeated. And out of their eight wins, they did beat the Eels, the Panthers and the Magpies once each. So it should be, if you're in and around Sydney and they're your teams, um, get out and support the, the youngsters if you can. Just throwing that one in there. All right, we'll be back with hard hits, which is injuries and suspensions. So we're going to start with suspensions this week because there's a very high profile one outside of the Jack Hetherington confirming that he did get a five-week suspension. So we had Latrell Mitchell, Paul Momorowski and Victor Radley all head to the judiciary to try and downgrade their charges. And the only one successful of those three was Victor Radley, which is quite interesting because if you compare his and Paul Momorowski's, there's not a great deal of difference um, with regards to contact position on the player and result of the con- uh, result of the tackle, which were both head highs, and well, Victor Radley Victor Radley's was a swinging arm because he was caught caught off guard by the step, and Paul Momorowski's was a late as fuck F, head high, which was late and high. Um, the claims or the statements made by the chief prosecutor who did all three cases kind of contravene themselves. So in Victor Radley's case, he was trying to downgrade from a grade two penalty, which is three games, down to a grade one, which is a $1,900 fine. So it's a pretty big drop. The NRL prosecutor, Peter McGrath, said of Radley that he hit him flush in the side of the head. So this is his hit on Munster. There is a significant risk of injury That's why it sits comfortably above the base penalty of grade one and a grade two is justified. So the prosecutors just said that the grade two is justified. So to me, that means it should have been upheld. Mm -hmm. Um, And the highlighted argument by the Roosters lawyer, he's grabbing at him, he's off balance. He makes some glancing incidental contact. He admitted it was careless, but it's at the lower end of the scale in being careless. Okay, but I'm more interested in what the prosecutor says. Somehow, even though he's admitted that it should be grade two justified, Victor Radley did get it downgraded to a $1,900 fine and he is free to play this weekend. Now with Paul Momorowski, he said of Momorowski's hit, it was highly careless nature, which led to quite forceful contact. And in launching himself at speed, he lost some control, heightening the risk of injury. To me, they both sound like negative statements from the same prosecutor. However, Momorowski um, has a three-game ban now. And when you actually watch that one, yes, he had time to pull out. And yes, he was going for a charge down. The first contact was shoulder to lower shoulder. And then it slid up and hit the head. And we know, like, if you hit the head at any point, you're going to get in trouble. But it was kind of more the end result and a lot of the force was taken out of it. I'm not saying it was an okay hit. I'm just cons- I'm just confused why one carried three and one carried none. Um, when they weren't that dissimilar to each other. So yeah, I, I hate to do the tree. Uh, I, and the fact it was the same guy also um, makes it worse for me to try and work out. But anyway, Latrell Mitchell has been suspended for four games after unsuccessfully fighting his charge. And this is talking about the hit on Norfoluma after Norfoluma had kicked the ball infield for Dane Laurie's try. Uh, Latrell Mitchell comes across 
looking like he's going to make a tackle and then turns around. So his back's facing North Luma. So he's pulled himself out of any tackling position. And his prosecutor said he puts his arm, his left arm out and there is a glancing contact on North Luma. I went back and watched it. I couldn't agree with that because it looked, there was this certain point where Latrell Mitchell looked at North Luma and had time to not make that decision, but to make a different one. I still think four weeks is severe based on looking at the, the, the length of other charges, even though it's a different style of charge. Oof. So pretty hard right. one for the Rabbitohs to take. And he'll have one game to impress Brad Fittler before the first state of origin selection once he is back. I, I yeah, I, I, I said my piece on this one a couple of days ago. I'm, I can't believe that the Rabbitohs has come out and said suspending Latrell Mitchell is a bad thing for the game. Oh, yeah, that's bull. That's... I was... I, I read that and I was like, despite... Because what, what they've done, actually, is come out with video proof of other incidents that got let go. So what that means for me is they think that they're unfairly targeted because, what, they're South Sydney or it's Latrell Mitchell. I don't know. I don't know, but I think they're just doing that saying these guys got away, therefore my client uh, should Yeah, yeah, but it, yeah, I, I yeah, I just I, I hate I it. believe that I, I agree they shouldn't have come out and said, you know who really suffers in this? The fans, because they don't get to watch yeah. the Trump Mitchell play for four weeks. Yeah. That's a bullshit argument. Because you're putting it. entertainment above player safety. Um all the other charges we went over over the weekend. So we'll come back with official team list for round seven our bets and odds for each game and the two games we'll be looking at in a little bit more depth will be the two kind of traditional Anzac clashes, the Roosters and the Dragons and the Warriors and the Storm. And because we forgot to do the injuries, we'll do that now. And a few key names missing again. So we'll start right up the top. Uh, Nico Hines will be playing fullback for Melbourne Storm this week with Ryan Pappenhausen missing time due to his shoulder injury. Now, this sort of shoulder injury from what's happened the last few weeks looks as though it's going to be one that's going to linger for a lot of the season. And you'd expect him to probably get a clean out in the off-season. It looks like he's going to have to play through it. It's, yeah, not not ideal, uh, Brinko Lee picked up another calf injury while playing Q Cup last week and faces another few weeks out. So we expect to see no changes with regards to their centre and wing pairing. Josh Mansour is out for a month due to a hamstring injury. Josh Hodson will miss two to three weeks with a calf injury as well. So Tom Starling's going to get some starting time there. Good. Yeah, Bailey Simonson, Sam Williams, and Sammy Valemi are all on the sidelines this week as well. So affecting Ricky Stewart's depth there. Uh, Bulldogs forward Jackson Topine will miss at least a fortnight with bone bruising on his knee as well. Sean Johnson is back this week, as is Sam Verrills and maybe uh, Ben Hunt. Ryan Madison is also nearing a concussion uh, via New South Wales Cup. So Josh Mansour being the new injury there, Josh Hodson being a new injury, and also Ryan Pappenhausen, similar, uh, same injury, but now missing more time. Uh, good news, though, for the Sharks 
roosters, and possibly dragons. Alrighty. Round 17 list. So we will be kicking off the Thursday night's game, Penrith versus Newcastle out at Blue Bet Stadium in Penrith. Penrith here are the favourites at $1.15 with Newcastle Knights outsiders at $5.40. And if you're looking for a total boy, a total points bet, you can get $1.90 for both over 41 and a half and under 41 and a half. Wow, they're going to a lot of points are going to be scored here. Yeah, you can actually get Penrith covering the line. So the line's 17 and a half points. Penrith to cover the line and um, for the score to be over 41 and a half at $2.80. Or Penrith to cover the line and the score to be under 41 and a half at $5.25. So that'd be something like a 30 to 30 to 10 would have to be pretty much. The very which is expect. entirely possible to be honest. Oh, yeah, you got a very small margin to play with though. If you're going to the 17 and a half and it being under 40, um, but yeah, interesting. So, Penrith line up some big ins, um, at least on the <clears throat> uh reserves bench. Oh, sorry, I'm having a look. Shouldn't there have been two cut by now? Yeah, there has been. Has been. I'll bring it up. Oh yeah, what's um, the same for? Oh, it didn't refresh. I hit refresh. Sorry. So, so right now the twenty and twenty one are Coruscant and Dylan Edwards. Dylan yeah, Edwards. So it's Sorensen and Jennings that dropped up. Yeah. So back row Cap- Kirk Capel is named in the centers to replace Momorowski. and yeah. Um, I, to be honest, um, they weren't ready last week. They're barely ready now. Um. Just it'll just depend if Cleary wants them one hundred percent or just you know bordering, get some game time, um, and it also depend how much he thinks Newcastle can beat them. Um, we've got you know um, potentially playing. Cleary said we certainly hope so. He's got to get it through training on Wednesday, but we're hopeful. And then we're not going to risk him. We've got a few options. We honestly thought Paul would be playing. And Thursday game, the Tuesday judiciary hearing time will get squeezed a bit, but we'll have a plan. So um, Scott Sorensen and Momorowski dropped out. Um, I'd be very surprised if they did name him, to be honest. But we'll just have to wait and see it all tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, that's been um, fixed up. Yeah. So Okay, so Newcastle, Heimel Hunt suffered an injury Cronulla's out with Staffatoa replacing him. That was the other um, change. Yeah, Phoenix Crossland was included in the extended bench, but dropped out of 24 hours, along with Simi Sasaji. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so big stat for this one. Knights were only one of three teams who did not lose to Pemriff in 2020. So they drew 14 all in that. That's right. Long ass match. Yeah, that's right. Okay, next game. Uh, oh, who are you tipping? Oh. You going Pembroke? I am, but I, I can see it. I'm still going to keep riding them while they're winning, but I can see this as a danger game for both teams because Penrith are going to get probably lit up at training this week uh, based on the performance last week. Or... Cleary might see it as, you know what? Maybe they 
need a rest. Maybe this is a fatigue and focus thing. And maybe they just need a refresher and they might have had a couple of days off uh, before they come into this one. Um, the other side of that is they might be there for the taking going. We probably should have won by a bit last week. Was that on us? Was that on the Broncos? Rah, 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 second guessing. But I think it might be more of the first. Maybe a bit of complacency. Um, Newcastle were great to watch at points last week and other parts you're going, how is this team winning this game? So, and you had outstanding performances from players you don't, from especially a player you wouldn't expect it from in Brody Jones. So I'm going to go Penrith, but I'm not going to quite get to the sniff and upset bit here, but I think no, I'll give Newcastle a bit of an outside sneaky chance. Um, I'm, I'm I'm sticking with Newcastle because I'm loyal, but let's put it this way. Near the bottom of the tipping. If I get this, I'm going to want to pick Newcastle. Yeah, that's true. Um, and if they win, that's but a win for me. If I was loyal to Manly the last two weeks, I would have had two extra points. <laughs> um, for From a Pembroke's perspective, you kind of just sit there and go, look, get back to the way you're playing. If they get back to that, they should roll Newcastle. From a Newcastle perspective, when when they went on that run of losing three in a row, so that was ended two weeks ago, obviously, and they beat Cronulla last week, you would have been looking two weeks in ahead going, fuck, we're up against Penrith. This is going to be a bad night. You're a bit more confident now. They, you're starting to get a few players back. Um, Pong has, you know, got some more game time under his belt. Green's looking fitter. Like he, that first game he played was horrible. He stepped up. He stepped up a bit more last week and kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So you, you're you're more confident as a Newcastle fan than you were two weeks ago in this game. Um, that's based on how Newcastle played last week and how Pembroke played last week, but. Would you, prefer, go, would you prefer Newcastle done um, Coruscant and Edwards playing? No, I don't want Coruscant okay. playing at all. Okay. I don't want, I really don't. He's currently probably the smartest halfback in the competition, uh, smartest hooker in the competition. Um, only on the fact that Harry Grant's getting there, but he's only done it for a short period of time. Yeah, he's got a while to Coruscant's been doing it for the last five years. And the only reason he hasn't talked about Hyde because Hodson and Smith were just a step above him. But now, right now, I put him as the smartest hooker in the competition. So I don't... And injury doesn't affect that, his mind. Injury affects physicality. It doesn't affect his mind. So I'm not over here. Dylan Edwards... Unless it's a concussion. Um, Dylan Edwards... Look... I don't want him back just because I don't. I think Stephen Crichton's a weakness at fullback. He hasn't been playing as he hasn't been as damaging as he could be. No, he, he's, he definitely hasn't been. He's been caught out yeah. of position a couple of times, especially in the last couple of weeks. All right, yeah. okay, so, we're going Penrith still on that one. Although... Oh no, I'm going Newcastle. Oh, you going? Sorry, you going Newcastle? I just took the given. I got right going on um, Gold Coast versus South Sydney. Yes, up at. Seabus, 6 p.m. Friday night. Yeah, what's the line on that? No, I'm bringing it up. So Gold Coast 
Uh, two dollars seventy outsiders. South Sydney are a dollar forty six favourites. And if you're going into, if you want to have a look at total points and line, so it's got the over under set at forty two and a half, and a dollar ninety for each of those. Uh, line right, at so six and four. a half. They've got it set at. So minus six and a half for the Rabbitohs will give you two bucks. Plus six and a half for the Titans will give you two bucks as well. Um, okay, so for Gold Coast, Philip Sammies is a chance of returning the back line after being named on an extended bench. Um, Anthony Don has been named to return from a hip injury, so Jonas Pearson has dropped to reserves. Tino Fasmulali brings Moeka Foldoeka onto the starting side, and Sam McIntyre gets his debut for Gold Coast yeah. onto the bench. It's interesting that Sam McIntyre is ahead of Herman SASE. I'm not yeah. complaining. I'm just saying that's a decision by Justin Holbrook, obviously. So he must not like what Herman's doing at training or this must like Sam McIntyre a bit more at training. But it's a good question to have to have two players like that fighting for a spot. And it's a perfect um, situation for, Rabbits, for a coach. Sorry, Jared. It's a perfect situation for a coach. Not that your player is injured, but the fact that it takes a player getting injured for someone new to come in. Um, not having to make yeah. decisions based on form only. Yeah. Okay. So for Rabbits, Latrell Mitchell suspension is forced. Wayne Bennett backline reshuffle. Alex Johnson moving to fullback, and Jackson Paulo coming onto the wing. Um, Dan Gay guys moved from centres to the wing to replace Josh Mansour. Stephen Masters has come into centre. Jacob Host has been relegated to reserve with Keon Kolomatagi named to start in the second row, um, and. After slicing his knee home in a mishap following the debut in round five, Dean Hawkins has been included in reserves. Benji Marshall will equal Adam Blair's record for most premiership games for a Kiwi-born player. Oh, um, I know that. Well done, Benji. There, there was a um, there was a thing a couple of weeks ago. Oh, sorry, an article I read that was actually quite interesting. So. One of it, one of the theories for rabbits, which I believe actually would make him stronger, would move Cody Walker to fullback and start Benji. For this, um, I don't. Sorry, like for the next few weeks. Oh, yeah. So Cody Walker's played fullback before. I mm. rate him at fullback. He's a very good yeah, player. He can yeah, pick yeah. and choose when he comes on. Um, and Benji and Adam Reynolds, that's just the most controlled team you'll ever meet. And that way it keeps Alex Johnson on the um, on the wing, which he's one of the best finishers in the game. So I read that article thinking, you know, the headline was Wayne Bennett's missed a step. And I just went, oh, for fuck's sake. He hasn't missed a step. Alex Johnson's a very capable fullback. I just think attacking-wise, probably Cody Walker floating around a fullback's not a bad idea. Yeah, well, really, the more I look at that, the more I agree with that. Because instead of having Josh Mansour is out injured as well. So you've got three changes in the back line with Masters coming in for his first game of the season and Paulo coming back in. Whereas, yeah, if you shift Walker to fullback, Johnson stays in position. Gagai can go back to centre instead of moving from centre to wing. Um, And the only new face coming in would be Paulo. And Stephen Masters would be the one that drops out. Yeah, I I actually prefer. I can't, I'm I'm not surprised that I didn't see it, but that to me makes more and more sense the more I think and look, 
think about it and look at it. I'm not surprised Jacob Host got relegated. He seems to be the one in that forward pack who does not have a handle on his game right now. He's running with enough aggression. He's running quite good lines, but he's just dropping the ball too much. He's making too many mistakes. Kion Klamatangi getting a starting spot always brings a smile to my face. I'm happy about that. Um, for the Titans, Philip Sammy coming back onto the reserves, it's going to be for Herbert or Thompson. Who makes way? Because Don's back and Don holds his position regardless. Um, um, I would going to be Patrick probably, Herbert, isn't it? Yeah, I put. Uh, see, you really like him. I haven't been the biggest fan of him. Okay, Sammy Herbert. I'm not overly set on him. I love Corey Thompson. He was like against Manly last week. I just said he Herbert's was, one to make way. Yeah, yeah, but you've always yeah. liked Herbert. I've I just, liked I'm him as a pickup, as a signing. He's yeah, he hasn't lit the world on fire since he's been. Um, yeah, I reckon Corey Thompson was their man in the match for Gold Coast last week against Manly. Um, I, I just see their problem is they've got three wings, and they're short on centers. I, I see Sammy as a wing. I see Thompson as yeah, a wing. but I see John as a wing. I don't think any of their games really translate to the center position. Oh yeah, but Sammy's learning. He's learning, but you're coming up against two pretty big bodies in Stephen Masters and Campbell Graham. And then if yeah. shifts back to the centers, not as well, now you've got someone who's vastly experienced and still very agile. So I don't know. I think they could get pretty. Yeah, it's got to wait and see. Um, I, I trust Holbrook to make the right decision. Of course. I, I just think that right now, to be honest, Brian Kelly might be on a bit of a chopping block as well. Well, he's just come back from injury. That's the thing. He's yeah. he the best back. But he's the best center last year. I'm having a look at this one here. Gold Coast Titans to cover the six and a half points um, and win. Uh, cover the six and a half points to win. You're looking at... Oh, it's not too bad. $2.70. Uh, if you put them together there, odds boost. I don't know. I, I just have a, a sneak. That's a lot of changes for South to be making. And yeah, they're going to be exhausted from last week or they'll be on a high from last week after that um, finish there. And Titans I think South is still going to win. Yeah, Titans. Um, they're also back home and they've been quite good at home. Yeah, but I, I called it a couple of weeks ago that their attack wasn't flash. They got it really badly exposed. And then on the other thing, their defence was horrible last week. Um, can't even deny that. No. Um, that's if you come up against, if you have a bad attitude defensively against South Sydney, you're going to get rolled over. Um, their attack, they're, if they're if they're so if they're still going to be one dimensional in attack, they're just depends on their attitude and what they come that's up it. with. Yeah, so I'm going right. rabbits. Yeah. Who you got? I'll go rabbits as well. I was just looking at Titans forward pack with no Tino in there. I really, I'm still sticking by my ball back at the start of the year. Um, for feeder and Tino on the edges, I love Potawaka starting, and Wallace has been a lot better this year. Um, I just, yeah, I just think Tino's been wasted at prop compared to this with with his skill set. But, again, he knows what he's doing. I don't. 
Next game, Parramatta versus Broncos. So you want to no home ground advantage here? You got any odds on that? Yes. So Parramatta's taken a few home games up to Darwin. I'm not sure how many exactly, but I'm guessing like if there's any crowd, they'll be going for them. So we got Parramatta at a dollar twenty-two, Brisbane Broncos at four dollars twenty-five. Um, just with the head-to-head betting here, I'm expecting the lines to be quite blown out. Oh, not too bad. Parramatta at minus 12, Broncos at plus 12. If you're going, you can get $2 there. And the over-under is set at 41 and a half. So expecting okay. the same amount of points as the Penrith Knights game. Okay, so for Parramatta, Dylan Brown will return... Suspension 5-8 for Will Smith has moved to the bench with Keegan Hipgrave on the reserve bench. As Adam said, Ryan Madison has been named in the 21, but he's also been named to start for Wentworth Field. Um, in saying that, so not many Parramatta people are going to be mad considering how well Papali's been playing. Papali, he has been playing. Um, okay, so the Eels have won five of their six games at Darwin State TIO Stadium. For Broncos, Santa Herbie Hunt, Farnsworth has been set to return from shoulder injury. Danny Levi will come on the interchange bench. Uh, Katoni Stagg's rehab is ahead of schedule. He could be back as soon as Magic Round. Um, and Jesse Arthurs has been included in the reserves list. What's going on with John Asiata? I've no idea. He's just, yeah. He was one of their best signings, but he just keeps getting... Not that much game time. He's and, in the reserves. He's not even on the interchange. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. Um, and the Broncos have lost their past 12 games away from home. Look, I think Parramatta are going to come off a high from last week. And despite what Broncos did against Penrith, they're not going to be able to withstand Parramatta for the full 80 minutes. They might step up to them for like, you know, 55, 60 like they've been doing. But other than that, no. Nah. I was just looking at the Broncos. I agree with... Both things you just said. I'm just looking at that Broncos back five. You put Katoni Staggs in there. Corey Oates keeps improving, getting back to what he, he can do, like we talked about earlier in the way. It's a pretty good looking back five. Asako, Coates, Staggs, um, Farnworth, and Oates. So I'd be yeah. saying you'd be getting rid of David Mead and putting yeah. um, Staggs in there. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's nice to see Isaiah Papalihi get the starting spot. Um, for Parramatta. What I'm going to be watching in this game is I talked last pod about Mitch Moses really taking control of that game when it was on the line and the fact that he and Gutherson talked about they needed to control the game with Dylan Brown not being there. That was the best to me Mitchell Moses had looked all year. It Dylan Brown makes the whole team stronger, but I feel as though sometimes... He doesn't make Mitch Moses stronger. Yeah, they, they kind of more focus on making sure they play solid as a pair and maybe not playing the hot hand of each other. So if someone's really on that day, allowing them to have the reins, uh, it'll be interesting to see if Moses coming off the form he showed last week really calls the ball over Dylan Brown or is the dominant half this week or whether they go back to the timeshare. I don't think that's going to affect the outcome of the game. It just might affect maybe the flow or, or how it how it rolls. I'm going Parramatta in this one as well. It'll be interesting to see if Broncos can hold or at least improve on what they did last week. I don't think it'll be enough to get the win unless um, 
Parramatta take a step backwards as well. Yeah. So okay. Power on that one. Cool. All right. So next game, Cronulla versus Bulldogs. What's the odds on that one? Cronulla and Bulldogs. I'm assuming that it's going to be Cronulla favourites. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, yeah. We've got dollar seventeen, which is definitely the shortest Cronulla's been all season, and Canterbury at five dollars, which might be the shortest they've been all season as well. Uh, line here is sixteen. So you get a dollar ninety um, both ways there, and total points at forty two and a half. So over under, and that's both for a dollar ninety uh, for line and total points. Okay, so for Canola, um, Will Chambers been included in reserves, um, but he could he most likely will play for Newtown to gain match fitness. Sean Johnson comes back from an Achilles injury; he has been named on the interchange bench. Josh Dugan will return to centres after missing last week's game due to head knock. So Teague Wilton has gone back to second row and Jack Williams to the bench. Skip away, Graham remains sidelined and Adam Tom will miss the match after taking an early guilty plea on a crusher tackle. Um, the Sharks have won five of their past six, sorry, six past seven games against the Dogs. For Bulldogs, um, Lachlan Lewis concussion has not played since round four, but is named among the reserves as he needs to return. Dylan Napa and Luke Thompson are the new starting props with Heverington suspended and Renoff Atoni named on the bench after starting last week in the front row. Uh, Chris Smith has been promoted from the bench to start in the second row while Joe Jackson Topine is out with bone bruising on his knee. Ogden has been left out. Um, Nick Hotrick will play his 100th game this week. Already? Um, for me, it's just... See, if Cronulla were playing Bulldogs last week, the attitude they rocked up with, they would have won. Um, it Again, the this Sharks all comes down... To, oh, sorry, Cronulla. Yeah, Sharks. If they played Bulldogs yeah. last week, yeah. Um, it, it just comes down to... Are they just tired like I am? Um, <laughs> just, like, are they just like mentally tired from all the bullshit that's happened? Or has, you know, having Dugan back, getting Chambers at training, the ultimate professional who doesn't have any, what's the word, um, lingering resentment towards the Sharks board, has that created a fresh new breath of fresh air at bloody training? Or... Are they still holding on to the fact that their coach was no. cooked last week? So I think we, if there was any of that, we would have seen it last week. I think the well, fact they, that the Chad Towns yeah. thing's been settled, he came back in and told the boys, yeah, I'm at the Cowboys from next year, but I'm not leaving here early. I want to be here the whole season. This is my junior club. I'm here to play games. I want to see it to the finals. They know he's there. Um, that's been settled. The coaching thing's been settled. They might not be happy with it, but it's no longer lingering over the top. Um, Sean Johnson's back. I, I, I do think he'll start from the interchange. I think he'll be eased in because it is an Achilles injury. It's not like a a broken arm or something, which once it's healed, it's 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 healed and all that. I, I It'll be interesting to see where he goes in and whether... He's going to replace a Ford um, and have Moylan, Townsend, Kennedy, and Johnson because you'll have Moylan and Johnson. Well, you probably have everyone playing the position, then Johnson just buzzing around. 
or whether they'll give Moylan a break, I would assume, well, to me, would be the one that would make way. And Johnson would go into the halfback and Townsend and move to 5-8. But then again, it could also be how the game's going, depending on how Hannay's going to use his players. For the Bulldogs, I can't believe a player of Joe Simpson's calibre is on the reserves when they're one, two, three, four, five, six um, players. I would choose him before that have been named. Yeah, 100%. I'm not a fan, but... Um, Trent Barrett's taking it as he goes. I know Adam doesn't like Trent Barrett, but if they weren't, if they weren't 0 5 and he continues to pick very similar team, um, might maybe he'd have more benefit the doubt from me, but they're 0 oh, sorry, 0 6. And we talked a few weeks ago that he's made a couple of changes to try and get things going. Uh, there's a lot to me, lot to be. Uh, does left to be desired in his forward pack selections, I think. Yeah. Um, but I I don't even see this one as a close game, regardless of um, the Sharks losing last week and Bulldogs improving slightly. There's just too much, too many points all over the board for Sharks. And if there's any team to help practice tighten up your defense against, it'd be the Bulldogs. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, next game, Cowboys versus Raiders. So this is where the biggest changes came in this year, uh, this week. Sorry, you got the odds there for this one. Yeah, I'm just bringing it up now. She's having a skits. Okay, so Queensland, North Queensland are outsiders at home at three dollars seventy. Canberra Raiders favourites at a dollar twenty-eight. That's just in head-to-head betting. If you're betting the line, you'll get a dollar ninety each way. With Cowboys a plus ten, Raiders a minus ten, and total points over or under forty one and a half at a dollar ninety. Geez, they're pretty boring this week. They're not mixing things up at all. Okay, so for Cowboys, same seventeen, which down the Bulldogs in round six. Jason Tumalo is still sidelined by hand injury. Um, the Cowboys have scored sixty four points in the past two games. All right, so this is where the big changes come in. Ricky Stewart's come out, and look, a lot of people initially thought of swinging the axe, but he made a few changes through one, a couple that were forced, and a couple that he made. Josh Hodson is out with calf injury, replaced by young gun Tom Starlin Hooker. Josh Papali and Locke Joseph Tarpany being dropped to the interchange bench. Um, with Ryan James returning at prop after missing a week, Ryan Sutton slime back from the front row to lock and M. Regular promoted to the bet from the bench as the partner James. A lot of people are like, oh my God, Josh Papali's on the bench. Mm. He starts on the bench. He has started about five times that I can remember off the bench in the last year. He, They do it a lot. So I wouldn't be overly worried about them. Ricky, Ricky Stewart did make, make a note that He's not playing up to the level he needs to be, though. Yeah, and last time he did that, Josh and Parley came out and ran for nearly 280 metres. Yeah. Joseph Harmony's so been dropped based on form, as has Soliola. Yeah. Um, Corey Arianara and Corey Horsburgh come onto bench for the first games with Soliola dropping from the interchange to reserves. Sebastian's Gritz has come onto the wing for Bailey's 
Simonson has failed a HIA after last weekend. Um, Sylvia Havili will play his 100th game. For this... I should say, really. I'm uh, looking at this going, man, how much young secondary talent will be on display in this game? Yeah. Hudson Young, Whitehead, Sutton, Hawira Naira, Horsra, all on Canberra. And then for Cowboys, Ben Condon, Shane Wright, Lachlan Burt, Mitchell Dunn on the interchange. And then the reserves for the first time, uh, Tom Gilbert on his way back from injury. He's a yeah. weapon. Uh, it, um, it's, it's crazy. So crazy. I'm picking Canberra solely on the fact that when Ricky Stewart challenges this team and does what he's done in this game, they respond usually. Um, that's the only reason I'm picking this of Canberra over this. Um, I've liked the Cowboys the last couple of weeks. Their attack's been very um, controlled, but fun. Um, they've, they've done a lot of fun. I really like what Hampton's doing at halfback. So we'll just wait and see how they go. But Canberra, as Adam mentioned, there's a lot of good back rowers playing for Cowboys this game. But I believe that Canberra's got the wood over them and their quality of back rowers, especially having the experience of Whitehead and Papali and James up the middle. Mm. And, and it's they don't... Naira and Horsburgh's first games of the season as well. Yeah, and they don't have and they don't have Tom Malolo either to combat. So I'm looking at that, and then according to Buzz Rothfield, with Josh Hodgson being the anchor, and now he's not there. Canberra definitely have to win. Um, I'm looking at it from a different point of view. This is the first game I remember in quite a long while where they don't have Josh Hodgson and they don't have Charles Nickel Cookstar. Um, one for the meters coming out from the back, and now for the game management obviously from dummy half and we haven't seen enough of tom selling to know how good a game manager he is we know the talent is there and the speed is there he's very dynamic etc and george williams hasn't had the best two weeks in a row either and to me this is screaming out for an explosive performance from canberra so that's why i'm going to go cowboys (laughs) you're gonna go cowboys yeah okay I think they're starting to show enough and the fact that Todd Payton still is kicking their ass and saying it's not good enough. Um, no, I just don't think they have the talent across the park to beat this Canberra team. Okay, next game at Bankwest Stadium. This is very interesting. last week. <laughs> this is a very interesting game. Uh, there's mm. one very curious change that I um, want to talk about, but we'll get to that. So, so Tigers versus Tigers. Manly. West Tigers are at home, $2.55 favourites. Uh, sorry, $2.55 outsiders. Manly Seagulls, $1.50 favourites. And this is the first game on Anzac Day as well. It's at an odd time, at one forty-five in the afternoon. So if you are having a barbecue uh, or whatever and you don't want to miss the game, make sure you set an alarm because it's a bit earlier than we'd expect on a Sunday. Uh, the line right. for this game... Is only five and a half uh, each way, and total points over 44 and a half. So they're expecting this to be the highest scoring game of the weekend so far. Okay, so the, the thing that interests me is Asuka Power tore his ACL, so he's up, out for six to nine yeah. months. So that effectively rules him out for the season. Um, Joey Leilua is returning from a head knock. 
But Michael Cheekham has got the center position. He's got a center. Warming up I in the rate, reserves the last few weeks. Yeah, I well, that's Lolua's taking his spot on the reserves. I mm-hmm. rate Cheekham. I'm not questioning that. I'm questioning that Michael Maguire is finally not letting Lolua play. Not, I love it. He, after what he's done, he doesn't deserve to play. Um, and Alex Safar will move from the reserves to interchange in a swap with Thomas McKayley. So talking about young back rowers, this Tigers team has so many young back rowers, they're just not getting a decent run, really. Because when you think about it, they've got um, Luke Garner, Alex Toile, Luciano Leilua, Jerry Offer-Hengali, Alex Safarf, Thomas McKayley, Michael Cheekham's actually... Thomas McKayley's a prop. Yeah, and and another thing that's come from this is Josh Alloway is coming up against his old squad for the first time. With Manly. So that's going to be interesting. What's I'm the actually chance going... they don't mow the lawns? <laughs> I'm actually going up against... Well, it's at Bankwest, so I doubt that. Um, oh, is I'm it? Actually... Yeah, I'm actually oh. going for uh, Manly. So I reckon they're going to win. I reckon that I, I the Tigers team... Like, the Bulldogs are a very basic team with the talent they've got. Tigers have talent, but they're a rabble from what I see. There's no... There's no continuity in their team anywhere. Um, when you get some confidence as this as these players do get, um, they get dropped. It's pretty. It's happening a lot. But the shining light for him this year, I reckon, has been Stefano Ukutumano. I think he's played very, very well all year. Yeah, him up against Manta Power is going to be a, a great matchup. Yeah. So I, I am picking. Um, I'm picking Manly at this, but yeah, we'll see how we go. Actually, Taniela Paseca versus Udamakanu would be awesome. Two man mountains going against each other. Um, I don't know how I felt about seeing Manly 1 to 17 the same as last week. (laughs) You're not used to it. Well, I'm not used to it, and there there hasn't been a lot given away with regards to injuries. There's been whispers that Curtis Sirenin's getting close to a return, uh, which is going to be interesting to see what they do there, whether he slots into second row and Hamali Olakatu drops back to the interchange and they actually keep Schuster in the second row, uh, which wouldn't be the worst idea the way that he's been playing. Or whether, yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen there or whether he just slots in and, and Kepi or Sipley make way and they won with one less prop. Um. George Tafil wouldn't be too far away either. Uh, although the way that Ruben Garrick kicked and actually played last week, he might be starting to get some form back. Yeah, I'm going to go my boys um, this week. And I'll probably now curse them. But in all honesty, I'd prefer to be playing Tigers at Bankwest than at Leichhardt. And yeah, I'm going to go Manly. Come on, boys. Right. So the big Anzac Day game... The big Anzac Day game is Roosters versus Dragons. Um, and there's two massive ins for the Roosters. But have you got the line there as well for this one? I do. Roosters are going to be the favourites. Yes. But, oh, geez, by a bit. Roosters, $1.50. Okay. Uh, St. George, $2.55. Uh, this is kind okay. of the back of St. George lost last week to the Warriors where they were literally out-completioned. 
and Roosters kind of been put to the sword by the storm. Uh, okay, so for the Roosters, Victor Radley gets his spot at lock after winning his um, winning at judiciary. Brett Morris returns and pushes out Mano Ikevalu. Big in for them. Sam Verrills at hooker has been named at nine. But what interests me this is, is yeah, that this is spooky. Trent Robinson has kept Ben Marsky and mm-hmm. ditched his. Um, well, he signed him to play halfback this year. Adam mm-hmm. Kieran from the Warriors. He put him out of the squad. And Jabari Hargraves and Suicide Takayaho failed to finish the Storm game, but are good to go this game. Uh, the Roosters me, have won f- their past five games up. against Dragons. To me, it makes sense keeping Marshke on the interchange. The thing I was going to say, Spooky, this is Sam Beryl's first game back since doing an ACL on this ground against the Dragons in this Anzac clash last year. That's not so cool. Imagine coming back from an ACL physical and mental scars coming back on the same ground against the same team on the same day. So I'll um, be him playing 80 minutes. That's why Marsh Gill will be there. Yeah, it's just surprising that Adam Kieran gets dropped when he was so touted as the next, but either way. Um, so Ben Hunt for Dragons. Um, he has been named, where has he even he's been? He's on the oh, 21. Number 21. He reckons he's a 50-50 chance. To be honest, this early in the season, I don't see them risking Ben Hunt to play this week. Uh, depending on how he pulled up for Wednesday's training session. Corey Norman's confirmed he's fit and ready despite hurting his shoulder and prop Blake Laurie would turn up to missing the Warriors game with a cork. Dragons have won 11 Anzac Day games to the Roosters 7. I think in this game... Well, none of the last two or three. Roosters won the last five. Um, I think in this game... For the Roosters, having Morris back is just going to increase their confidence that much. Just having him on that wing, covering everything that moves. Um, what will... Well, the question I have for every team is... So, every Dragons game I've watched this year, they've all kicked to Cody Ramsey. Everyone's kicked to him, and he's handled it every single week. You know, you have your drop balls, but he's handled it pretty well for me. Um, because he's a young guy. When's that going to stop? And when are they going to kick it to Ravalawa? Um, which interests me. Another interesting point out of this game is that um, Matt Dufty has still not been re-signed. Um, when asked about him last week during the press conference, um, Anthony Griffin was close to nonplussed about giving him compliments about the way he's played this year. So, for some stupid-ass reason, he doesn't believe that Matt Dufty is the fullback for him moving forward. Oh, that's but not that's, what it means. But what, what's actually going against Matt Dufty, if he's looking for another club, there's not many clubs in the NRL that are short on a decent fullback. I would say maybe two or three you could look into. Broncos would be the top of my list, to be honest. And... Bulldogs aren't too sure of a fullback right now either. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going Roosters in this game. I just think having Brett Morris back will just go well. This is too much for Dragons. Yeah, I see. I'm, 
I'm, I'm really finding it hard to peg the Roosters. The last two weeks, they were in this for the storm for 40 minutes. It was 4-0 at half time due to two penalty goals and then just got dominated by a rookie dummy half. I'm still calling him a rookie because he's only played... Oh, no, he's played a season now, I guess. But still very... But the week before that, they only beat the Sharks because of their rookie halfback. But we questioned what Sam Walker was going to do coming out coming up against his biggest test in the storm and he was pretty much invisible. And but the Morris factor is huge based on his try scoring form for this year. Dragons had looked really impressive up to the um, previous three weeks before the Warriors game. Jack Bird's talked about how anticipate like how amped he is for this game as well. First one back in in Dragons colours in a in a few years. Torrell Fuller Mayono versus Victor Radley is going to be brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, it's a podcast. I, You're I, supposed to talk. I know, I know. I'm thinking, like, if I'm thinking, you can talk. That, that's the thing. <laughs> you can come up with some other things. Like, yeah, I, 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 I just think that Roosters. Brett, you said Brett too... Morris. Yeah, I'm just giving myself more time. How many yeah, we... Roosters are just too strong. This week. Um, you know, the back row of Angus Crichton. <sighs> He, he's just too good. Um, I really don't rate yeah, right. Tarek Sims. Um, Josh yeah, Kerr is has good. He's playing but really well. Tarek Sims t- t- well this year. He still would not go after someone bigger than him. He will beat the shit out of someone smaller than him. That's got nothing to do with not... how well he's playing. No, nah, he's a pussy. Um, Turpinur and Crichton and Radley in that back row, they're, they're, just, they're just a painful back three. They weren't last week. Yeah, they were beaten up. Yeah, and they did everyone going to have a bad game. Um, and it'd be interesting because you've got the old, older, late debutant in Sam Walker versus, uh, sorry, Adam Clune versus Sam Walker, which would be interesting because Adam Clune came on late and he hadn't had the star power behind him, but he's done his job versus Sam Walker. Does Ben Walker, Hunt who's... playing over Adam Clune change your opinion? Nah, nah. No, well, I think I th- look. Sam Walker's played five games. Everyone was, you know, pumping him up, pumping him up. Then he had a bad game against Melbourne Storm, who played over the top of him. And it'd be interesting to see if he learns from that and comes back from that, because that's the big test for a young player. You can come on the field and be absolute superstar and do what he did, but when you have a bad game, it's very easy for critics to turn on him. And it'd be very interesting to see how he backs himself up from that. And this outside of finals, uh, this is the biggest atmosphere of any NRL game. Yeah. Not not including State of Origin, calling an actual club game. The Anzac Day clash between these two teams is the most uh, energy charged game uh, that these guys will play in front of all year. I'll go oh yeah, I'll go the Roosters. I'll go the Roosters. Okay, next game. It's Melbourne versus factor, Which means Tupo will get a hat trick. <laughs> All right, next game. Melbourne versus Warriors. You got some more. That, on one, that, that one. last one was at 41 and a half uh, total points as well. And last yeah. game of the round, Melbourne Storm, dollar eleven with the New Zealand Warriors, the biggest outsiders this week, at $6.40, despite coming off a win uh, over the Dragons. Now, this has been... An interesting head-to-head matchup over a fair few years now. Uh, Melbourne's had the 
the wood over the Warriors the last, what, three, four, five games? Six? All right, hold up. Seven hold games. Up. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. So just came across Paul Gowan has beaten Lucas Brown. He wins via t- TKO in the first round. First round. Yep. KO's Lucas Brown in the first round. Wow. That's his biggest, probably biggest, probably big, probably biggest wins. I hate what the pay TV and ex sports people and celebrity things are doing to boxing. But anyway, <laughs> guess it's given it exposure. But there's some really good matchups and boxing matches that have occurred over the last couple of months and haven't got as big a following as this. But anyway, um, Melbourne have what won the last nine against the Warriors that I've just counted back, I think. And they are down in Melbourne and these guys at Amy Park and the Storm always do an, such an impressive show for Anzac Day. It is such an awesome ceremony that they put on uh, when the players walk out and the stadium's pitch black. I, I don't think what those sort of things do get old, so I hope they hold on to that tradition and continue to do so. Um, New Zealand beating Dragons last week, 20 to a 14, as we talked about. Melbourne Storm, New Zealand Warriors line is 16 and a half um, that Melbourne will have to cover. That's going to give you a dollar 90. So if you're keen on the Storm to win, you don't want the dollar 11, you can take the dollar 90 for them to cover the 16 and a half point line. Uh, with the total points being over 42 and a half or under 40 and a half at a dollar 90 also. Yes. Okay, so for this one, uh, Dale Finucane finally makes his return off the bench. That's going to be a massive in for the Storm. And Pappenhausen, unfortunately, due to his shoulder injury, is out. But Nico Hines started number one jersey. He hasn't been... Hasn't had Pappenhausen's star power, obviously, but he's done an ad- admirable job evil every week so far he's been on the field considering he's probably played everywhere in the back line so far this year um so trent lorio i don't know trent (laughs) trent and riley jackson replaced chris lewis and breko lee in the reserves um the storm have won 12 their past 12 games at home venues okay for warriors uh, Reese Walsh and Rocco Barry could come into calculations who have been included in reserves. Um, injuries to Peter Hicku and Adam Pompey are forced to backline to reshuffle. David Fossatua set return from a hamstring on the wing, and Marcelo Montoya shifted into the centres, where he'll be joined by usual back row Jack Murchie. Bailey Sirenen will return on the bench while utility Paul Turner, who went on for Hicku last week, is out with a shoulder injury. How good the Warriors have interchange look. The Warriors have not defeated the Storm on Anzac Day since 2014. So Warriors interchange is Tavega, Bunty Afoa, Lisa Armel, Bailey Sirenen. Um, don't look. Don't be surprised if you see Ben Ben Murdoch Masilla get put onto the bench as an impact player later, and um, you know Bailey Sirenen, Sirenen start. starting. And you could say Don't the be same with Kane Evans and Bunty of um, Yeah, but 
the one that's going to get me because as soon as I heard Pappenhausen now, I'm like, oh, shit. Here we go. This is going to be bad for Melbourne. Um, they've always had a next man up mentality. On top of that, um, they've probably come up against the Warriors with their weakest backline named in a long time. Um, you know, Jack Murchie playing in the centers, that's just a very, even if he's up against Raymond Smith or Justin Olam, it's a very ma- big mismatch right there. But I think the big thing for Melbourne right now is Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes versus Cody Nicarima and Sean O'Sullivan. Um, there's this experience and, you know, icing games and this pure talent over Cody Nicarima and Sean O'Sullivan who they're learning their craft and I don't believe they're overly confident in what they're doing. But in saying that too, the battle of the Ford Pact is absolutely oh. epic. I hope so the ball doesn't even go to the back line in this game. Yeah. You got your raw, you know, no, you got your experienced bloody um, meat-eating, you know, dominating Ford Pack in Melbourne. They're just everywhere, they're everywhere that you're like, holy shit, against the pure power game of the Warriors. Um, I think someone was saying last week, they were talking about, Parramatta having the best pack in the comp or Penrith having the best pack in the comp. Melbourne has the best pack in the comp and it's not close. It's <laughs> like Tom Wiseman who's their weakest link and like he's a fair way off the rest of the forwards here. But you look at the depth and the skill and the power and the endurance and the strength and like it's... you See, next week they're going to have their bench will be Harry Grant, Tuikama Kamika, Tom Eisenhoof, and Nelson Asafa Solomona. Yeah. Because Dale Fanuka will start at lock next week. He is their captain, by the way. Yeah. Um, and that just like, and then the the starting fullback Bromwich, Welch, Kafusi, Kenny Bromwich, and Dale Fanuka. Like, you've got the perfect rotation there. Like they lost Famasuli. That has brought in Tui Kamikamika, who isn't a debutant. He's played for the last two years in and out. So, and he's, if, if you're going to have a carbon copy clone of Famasuli, you bring this bloke on. He's probably bigger than him. He just can't move as well. So, yeah. And then you got Eisenhoof, who's probably the most Melbourne Storm player you could, like, ask for, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he's a Melbourne Storm player through, through and through. I have them as the best pack because the gap between their best game and their worst game is the smallest margin in the whole comp. Yeah. If Jesse Bromwich and Christian Welch have a bad game, it's not going to impact the entire team because for them, a bad game might be... Equivalent of like... Each. Yeah, and it, for a bad game for these dudes, it's like a equivalent of a great game for, say, the Tigers' front rowers. Yeah. And then if they're yeah. not playing real well, you just shift Solomona up front with Kamikamika and there's your backup props. Or, you know, if you need some power punch, you just throw Brandon Smith in the middle. Yeah, true. I hope, this is literally just the selfish want and greed, I want Nathan Brown to start Bunty Afoa over Kane Evans just to watch him and Christian Welch go at it. Can you imagine when Bunty Afoa gets his... Runs off the back fence off a kickoff, hairs flying everywhere. You can just picture Christian Welch just smiling, coming, run at me, big boy, let's go. And then just 
smacking Murdoch Masilla versus Bromwich will be brilliant. Um, Josh Curran might have his work cut out for him with Felice Gafusi. But I agree with you. When you look at the back line, like Warriors are missing four of their starters. Uh, their centres would be Ewan Aitken and Peter Hiku. And sorry, three starters, and their halfback would be Chanel Harris Tavita. And you compare that to Storm, who they're missing Pappenhausen. And we saw how big an impact that was when they were missing him against Penrith. And we both um, thought that it'd have less of an impact than Penrith missing their players, and, and it proved to be more. But Nico Hines comes in, they're gonna they're gonna lose speed, they'll lose acceleration, they'll lose uh what's the x factor i guess that pappenhausen brings but what you're going to gain is size um they're not going to lose so much i don't think in the meters game kick because he'll run the ball back hard he takes long gangly strides so he'll cover that ground it won't be done as quickly he's a better ball player yes and he's good under the high ball too so there's definitely strengths to his game but you can't match Pappenhausen's speed or acceleration. There's no one in the game that can. So they may miss some of those opportunities in and around the ruck that only someone like Pappenhausen or a Damien Cook would be able to get through. But outside of that, if they just play to their usual structure, uh, they're not going to be let down by Nico Hines. So I've got Melbourne in this one. Pretty comfortably. Uh, I, yeah. I'd say so, but Anzac Day can always throw things up because there's there's other things on the line and the players who haven't been part of it, they're really going to get amped up. Like this will be Kane Evans first time. Um, Ben Murdoch Masilla's first time, Josh Curran, Sean O'Sullivan. Um, yeah. But also on top Murchie. of that, just hope, hopefully everyone remembers that despite the fact we, we think the back line's a big, there's a big talent difference right there. You can always throw two of us a check to cover a few things. Yeah, a few. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's tonight. I just want to add one more thing about the Gallon versus Lucas Brown fight. Oh, is that his name? Um, there's a video I just watched of five minutes before the fight. Brown was munging on a sausage roll before um, before he walked out. So if that's not a representation of what a waste of time is, I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's why I can't take it too seriously. Oh, yep. not game anyway. Uh, do you have a value bet of this round? It's $5 on Newcastle to win at $6.50. That was paying $6.50. Yeah, so that's not too bad for me. Yeah. Newcastle might sneak bet. this in, and then I'll have bragging rates over Beetle. All right, I'm going to go with a multi in the same game. So considering I took so long to... Choose. I'm actually going to go Roosters winning with Jack Bird being an anytime try scorer. Uh, and that's paying at $5.61. And I'll throw a tenner on that one to get back my loss from last week. And I'm going to keep track of bloody hell where you're up to. Do you even have any money left? I have about $30 left. Thank you very much. After this yeah, week. $36.50. And then you lost yeah. another one last week. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. I don't even know if you've got anything left. We'll find out next podcast anyway. Do the math. We will, true. Too many maths. Too many maths. Too many maths. Yeah. It's late at night. It's quarter past yeah. 11 on a Wednesday night. We're going to get to bed. We might have work or something in the morning. 
we'll come back to you guys. We're hoping to get back to Sunday nights, I promise. So it's up ready Monday morning. Um, now <laughs> the house moving to settle down. But either way, we will chat to you then. Good luck for your teams over the weekend. And if you're attending an Anzac service, um, enjoy it and remember our fallen soldiers of the past, lest we forget. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's Craft Beer Choice of the Week.